thing to be anchored in. Amen. Amen brother the blood of the Lamb. Before you preach, brother, I'd like to thank everybody for praying for my deacon. He got his sight back. He can see. Bless his heart. I, I couldn't keep him still this morning. But thank y'all. I, I wanted to get here tonight. I had my granddaughter call me. had an emergency. Made me run late. But I wanted to announce thank y'all for praying for my deacon, Ed Morris. He can see perfectly. And I praise God. Amen. I didn't think he'd ever be able to see again. Man, he's hugging everybody's neck, said it's good to see you. And he meant it physically. Thank y'all for praying for my deacon. Amen. All right, good to hear answered prayer always. Yeah. A lot of times we fail to report it. That's probably a lot more answered than what we report. Uh, but we do thank the Lord for answered prayer. And the Bible said in Luke 18, one man ought always to pray yeah. and not to faint. And, uh, and Paul repeated that in so many words in Ephesians 5, verse 16. He said, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing. And in everything give thanks unto God, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. And uh, Jeremiah encourages us, and he said, uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, he said, Call unto me, and I'll answer thee, and yeah. show thee great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Amen. And a great invitation uh, for all of us to open door in the day of grace that we can come boldly into the throne room of grace, and we might find help in our need. And uh, I, I have to... I need a lot of prayer. I don't pray enough. I don't know anybody prays too much. I've never heard anybody prayed too much. Uh, we all need to pray more. Uh, but uh, one thing about it, uh, uh, we, we all need to pray. Amen. 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 All right, let's open our Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 33 tonight. Ezekiel 33, we want to read nine verses tonight. And uh, we'll try to bring uh, what the Lord has led us to tonight in Ezekiel 33. Verses 1 through verse uh, 9 tonight. Ezekiel 33, verse 1 through verse 9 tonight. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land... If the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Thank you. you may be seated. Our Father, we... Do come to you, Lord, on this Sunday afternoon, 
And we thank you for another Lord's Day. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the Lord's Day that we can come to the house of God and we can hear the Word of God and we can worship the Lord and give praise to His name, share our prayer requests with others, and also to be able to tell of the prayers that God has already answered as has been done here tonight. We thank you, Lord. There is a day that, Lord, that men are supposed to get their minds off of worldly things and, and uh, off of the things of this life, and we're to come and get our minds focused upon the Lord and His Word. And, uh, Lord, it is a rest for our souls in this present world in which we now live. And, God, as we come tonight, we ask for divine help tonight, Lord, because we're preaching a divine book. And, uh, Lord, we ask tonight for the Holy Spirit tonight to move among us tonight and speak to each individual heart in that message that they need to hear tonight from the message. Lord, we pray for the lost tonight. If only they could see, uh, Lord, where they was headed. Uh, Lord, I wouldn't even have to preach tonight. would be at the altar dealing with sinners. Uh, but Lord, the devil, there's a devil out there, and he's strong and deceptive and powerful. And uh, Lord, but I'm thankful that even though he's mighty, I'm glad there is an almighty God that's mightier than all. And uh, I ask you tonight, Lord, to just look down upon us and pity us tonight as the Father pitieth his children. May you pity those that fear you tonight. And Lord, I ask your help tonight. And I ask it all in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. amen. Here's a word from the Lord, <clears throat> a word from the Lord to Ezekiel. Uh, as we're told here, the Bible said in the word of the Lord, uh, it came to Ezekiel. And this word of the Lord that came to Ezekiel was for Israel, uh, for Israel. But we're going to make an application tonight to our own selves tonight, the way the Bible helps me the most is when I can make a personal application to it. And I can apply it to my own uh, situation in my own life. And uh, we're going to do that tonight here in Ezekiel 33. And uh, notice that the word is from the Lord, the Bible said. And it is a persistent word. You say, how do you know that? Look at the first word in the verse. Capital letters, A-G-A-I-N, again. Aren't you glad the Lord don't just speak to us one time? Most of us are hard-headed. Most of us are hard of hearing. Most of us don't want to hear what God's got to say. And so I'm glad the Lord, I'm glad the Bible said He's persistent in it. He'll bring it to us a time and time again. Always like that over in Jonah where the Bible said in the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. I'm glad God's a God of second chances and Sometimes third and fourth and sometimes fifth, but you oughtn't to, uh, you oughtn't to gamble on the fact you're going to have a second, third, or fourth, or fifth. Uh, you'd be wise to act on that first word from the Lord. But it's a persistent word. And he said, it came unto me. It's a personal word. You know, God's word is written all of us. And whenever we read the word of God, it's a good practice to Remember that that word's for us, that God is speaking to us. This is an eternal book. God wrote it. And whatever the Lord does, He does forever. And He wrote this book, so it's going to be forever. The Bible said when heaven and earth will pass away, God's word will still be here. Amen. It's an eternal book. And it's a personal word to you and me. I'm glad that sometimes the word of God just seems like it speaks right out at me. 
I've had people over the years to tell me on the way out of the services and revival or church services, I've had people to come out and they'll say, Preacher, that was just for me. Now I know it wasn't just for them because I know that God would never set a table and just put on there for one person. Uh, I believe that God uh, lets us know that He wants all His sheep to get fed. He wants the lambs to get fed. And whenever God sets a table, there's always something on there for everybody. Everything on the table may not be for everybody, but there's something on there for you tonight. And you'd do well to pray when you start toward the house of God. You'd do well to pray, God help me to find that portion that I need tonight. Uh, That word that I need tonight. The Bible said it, it came unto me. And it's a pictorial word. In other words, when you read these nine verses, you automatically get a picture in your mind. Uh, uh, You automatically see a wall and you automatically see a man upon that wall watching uh, like in them old movies you'd watch where they'd have the Ford and the Calvary and they'd always have a watchman upon the wall there and he'd be watching out and looking for all to come. And so it's impossible to read these nine verses and not get a picture in your mind uh, of what God's saying here. Amen. Amen. And then it's a plain word. Uh, you don't need a you don't need a Greek lexicon. You don't you don't need a, a Hebrew scholar to tell you what God said tonight. Amen. Uh, God wrote His word in English. Uh, God gave us an English Bible because the majority of the world speaks English. It's the Bible for our day and our time. And uh, it's a plain word. Amen. People say, I can't understand the the Bible. I believe the problem is you understand it too good and you don't want to read no more of it. Amen. Uh, I mean, there's parts of the Bible it's hard to understand. And the devil will make sure if you got saved this morning, you went home and opened up your Bible. The devil will make sure you opened it up over there in Chronicles or uh, Ezekiel or somewhere like that. Uh, uh, where that you can study the Bible for 10 years and still have to really struggle to find out what it means in places like that. And the devil tries to keep you away from those places that you can understand. I tell folks when you get saved, start reading the Gospel of John. Uh, a, a, a sixth grader could read the Gospel of John. Amen. Amen. Most of the Bible is wrote where you can understand it. Most of it is is just uh, wrote and said the way that you and I talk every day. So people use that excuse and they say, I can't understand the Bible. But they can understand how to use uh, smartphones. It's got to be smart to use one. I ain't smart enough to use it. But uh, they can understand how to do all this kind of stuff on a phone. Uh, and uh, I bet if you prayed, God would help you to understand the Bible, don't you? Uh, it's a plain word. I'm glad it is. Amen. I'm glad when it comes to the thing of salvation that God made it plain. Why the man that wrote 14 books of the Bible said, I speak with great plainness. Amen. And I like people to speak plain. Amen. I don't like that beating around the bush stuff. I don't like that dodging the issue stuff. I like it when a man speaks plain. The old people, the old people used to say, plain talks easy understood. Amen. And uh, so when I get done, I don't want you to have to go home and try to figure out what I've said. Uh, If I'm preaching about hell, I want you to know I believe it's down there and it's hot and it's still there and you don't want to go there. Amen. If I'm preaching about heaven, I want you to know it's straight up uh, and it's a wonderful place and you ought to go there. Amen. 
I believe that one of the greatest compliments I ever had as a preacher, uh, most people took it as an insult, uh, uh, but I took it as a, as a compliment. A man come up to me in a revival meeting one night after it's over, and he said, Preacher, said you're preaching so simple that a little child could understand it. I said, Thank God. I, I, like, I like to get it down there on the level where everybody can get to it. Amen. And that works better for me anyway because that's about the only level I can go to. Uh, but I'm glad it's that way. Amen. The Bible said not many wise, uh, not many wise are called, the Bible said, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the mighty. It is a plain word. Amen. It is a practical word. In other words, uh, uh, we're supposed to do something about it. A lot of people when they hear the word, they don't make it a practical word. The Bible said, be you a doer of the word. Uh, it is a doer of the word that gets blessed. Not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Uh, and so we're to do something with this. If you're here saved tonight, you're supposed to do something with this. If you're here lost tonight, you're supposed to do something with this tonight. Amen. It is a plain word and a practical word. Amen. Now in these nine verses tonight, I want to quickly look at, at three things tonight in these nine verses tonight as the Lord would help us tonight. And I want you to look at verse 2. And the Bible said, If the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman. Now, in the time of the writing of this Bible uh, book that we're reading, in the time of the Bible as it tells us in the Scripture, that all the people uh, uh, would pick some man uh, uh, and they would choose him out to set him up on the wall uh, that he might be their watchman. Amen. Uh, uh, but in our age, in the church age, God's made us all watchmen. Uh, uh, we're supposed to all be watching. Jesus told his disciples, uh, he said, watch and pray, didn't he? Uh, when they went into the garden, Jesus said, watch and pray. Uh, in Mark 13, 34, the Bible says, watch and pray, for you know not the time. Uh, for the Son of Man is as a man who took a journey into a far country. He left his house, gave authority unto his servants, commanded the porter to watch. Uh, he said, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come, uh, uh, whether at noon or, or in the evening or at midnight or in the morning. Uh, what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Uh, and so we're all to be watching for the Lord's coming. Amen. Uh, uh, we ought to be watching every day. These things we're hearing about that's going on in the world today, they ought to excite us because it means uh, the coming of the Lord is drawing nigh. But what we see here in this verse tonight is that we see... Uh, uh, the watchman, first of all, the watchman. Now, uh, I want to look at some things the watchman would have to have, the watchman would need uh, if he was going to be God's watchman. First of all, uh, he would need the word of the Lord. Amen. The Bible said, and the word of the Lord came unto him. And so the watchman would need to know the word of God. Everybody needs to know the word of God. Uh, not only does he need the word, the word, uh, what a blessing the word is. Amen. The word is where we get our knowledge at about the things of God. 
What a wonderful book we have here in the Word of God. The Bible said the Word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing, abiding sunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I, I'm glad that we have God's Word. Psalms 12 said the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of the earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, from this generation and forever. Jesus said men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Don't you know tonight we got every word in that Bible? Don't you know there ain't no such thing as lost books of the Bible? Don't you know there ain't no such thing as any of that? God, if, if there is, then the Lord give us a commandment you and I can't do. The Bible said we're to live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God and you and I must have every word if we're going to do that and we've got it tonight in this King James Bible. And I say thank God for that. Amen. So we need the word, the word. And then a man would have to have the wind. Amen. You say, why you need the wind for? He's got to blow that trumpet, don't he? Amen. He's got to blow that trumpet so he's got to have wind. Now, wind, wind tonight in the Bible is a type of the Holy Spirit many times. Uh, we go through the Bible, and like at Pentecost, we find that the Bible said there came a sound as a rushing mighty wind. We know that's a type of the Holy Spirit. We know Jesus came to his disciples in that room where they was hid for fear of the Jews and Jesus breathed on them uh, and said receive you the Holy Ghost a type of the wind. Amen. Uh, and so you got to have somebody that's got to win. Well uh, you're not going to you're not going to be no watchman and you're not going to be warning anybody if you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And many people that do have the Holy Spirit living inside of them never warn anybody. Amen. But the Bible said we are the watchmen upon the wall. The Bible said. And he needs to be watchful. Look at verse 3. It said if when he seeth. So he's got to be watching. He's got to be watching. You and I are to be watching. We're watchmen on the wall. Amen. Uh, we're to be God's watchmen and we're to warn other people. Amen. That's what preaching is. Uh, that's what witnessing is. Uh, uh, that's what testifying is. Uh, uh, it's warning other people. You and I have to be watchful. Amen. We got to know what's going on. And nobody, nobody knows what's going on any more in this world than the church does. And, if, and you say, well, the church don't seem to know everything. We don't know everything, but we know more than the world knows tonight. Amen. We know more than they know. You say, why? Because they ain't got no Bible and they don't believe the Bible and they don't want a Bible. But we have the only book in, the, the, in this world that tells us uh, uh, what's coming down the pike uh, and what's uh, coming down the road uh, and we're to warn people. Amen. And so we're to warn them and what we see coming. Amen. I see some things coming, don't you? Uh, I mean, you'd have, to be a, you'd have to be a blind believer to not be able to see what's coming down the road. I, I mean, it's all setting up. It's all falling into place. Ain't no doubt about it. I, I, and it don't alarm us because we know this book says it has to happen. Amen. It's going to happen. It's going to be fulfilled. Uh, but you and I, we need to be blowing the trumpet. We need to be uh, warning people. We need to be God's watchman on the wall. We need to watch. Uh, we need to be the watchman for our children. 
We need to be the watchman for those we work with. Amen. We need to be the watchman for our neighbors. We need to be the watchman for our town. Uh, uh, we need to be God's watchman. And so we see the watchman here. Now I want you to see that the watchman gives a warning here in verse number 3. Look at verse number 3. If when he seeth the sword come upon the land, uh, he blow the trumpet and warn the people. You and I may not see the sword coming as such, as, as far as the actual sword coming. You and I may not see that, but we do see sin and Satan. Amen. We see people that get slack on God, and we see, we see what's coming for them. We see people get involved in sin, and we see what's coming for them. We try to warn them. Amen. Uh, we try to tell them, uh, you, better, you better quit what you're doing, or God's going to have to judge you. Uh, you better quit your sinning or God's going to judge you. Amen. Uh, we have to warn them about the devil. Brother, I see the devil in that. You better not fool with that. That's the devil. Amen. Uh, when people get slack on God, we're not to, we're not to be smart elicky. Uh, we're not to, in a cruel way, but we're to be the watchman saying, Brother, you better be careful about slacking up on God, going to sleep on God. Amen. Because God has a way of waking people up. Now, I see some possible dangers here in these nine verses. Uh, the first danger I see is the danger of no sound at all. He says there in that verse, look at it, verse 6, But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet. In other words, the watchman sees it. He sees it's coming, but he don't blow the trumpet. Why would the watchman not blow the trumpet? Well, several things we could think about along that line. But I think about this. Maybe don't blow the trumpet because he don't care. Maybe don't have no compassion. Maybe don't have no love for those people and those lost souls. Amen. Maybe don't have no vision. Maybe that's why he don't blow the trumpet. Amen. If you got an old leather lung preacher that'll preach about hell and tell you you're going there and, and literally scare it out of you, if that's possible, you ought to thank God for somebody like that. Amen. You say, why? Because they're blowing the trumpet. You better thank your God that you don't have a Joel Osteen uh, uh, that won't blow the trumpet, that never talks about sin, that never talks about hell, uh, uh, that never mentions anything negative or bad, uh, and he lies to you and tells you you're living your best life now. Uh, uh, well, if this is my best life now, I hate to see the rest of it, amen. Uh, I want you to know, listen, uh, your best life, anybody that spent five minutes in that Bible would know that a person saved uh, their best life's not now, their best life is yet to come, amen. Uh, God has saved the best to last. Uh, uh, why don't you know he's done that all through the Bible? That's always been God's way of doing things. Uh, uh, God saves the best to last, amen. And so maybe he don't care, he don't care. A lot of times the people you think don't care is people that do care. You remember when your mama, she'd get on you and make you do something you didn't want to do or she'd say you couldn't do something you was wanting to go do and you'd go to your room mad and you'd think she don't love me. I hate her. She don't love me. She don't care about me. I wish I could die right now. I'm going to run away from home right now. 
But as you grow older, you find out that you had a mom and daddy that, that made you mind, a mom and daddy that warned you about things. Uh, uh, they did that because they had compassion for you and they cared about you. And our land tonight is filled with mamas and daddies that don't care anything about their children. Uh, uh, they'll let them go anywhere. They'll let them do anything. Uh, uh, they have no natural love for their own children. Uh, and uh, they don't blow the trumpet. They don't warn them about drugs. They don't warn them about drink. They don't warn them, warn them about uh, illicit sex. They don't warn them about those things uh, uh, because they don't really care. Amen. Uh, but if you care, you've got to warn them. Amen. Maybe they had no compassion. Maybe they had no courage. Sometimes it takes courage to blow that trumpet. Sometimes it takes courage to tell it like it is. To lay it all out on the table. Turn all the cards up. Sometimes it takes courage. Sometimes you know that if you, if you tell that family member what you need to tell them, you know they're going to get mad and they ain't going to talk to you. They ain't going to invite you back to their house no more. You know that if you if you tell that family member what you want to tell them, they're going to blow up and go off. Uh, but sometimes it takes courage. Amen. Uh, uh, it takes courage. You never know if you blow that trumpet, they might hear. They might... Uh, they might uh, actually move upon it. Amen. And so there is that warning. There is that warning. Do you ever blow the trumpet? Do you have lost children, lost grandchildren? Do you ever blow the trumpet for them? Uh, do you ever warn them about getting saved? Do you ever tell them about they need to get saved or they're going to die lost and go to hell? Uh, you say, I'm afraid to do that. If I do it, their mom and dad will get mad at me. Would you rather their mom and dad to get mad at you and them go to hell? Uh, or maybe them get saved and their mom and dad not get mad at you. Amen. Uh, who knows? Maybe their mom and dad will get saved too. Who knows? Amen. Uh, uh, but it takes courage. It takes courage. Amen. Uh, uh, to stand up and say what you need to say. Amen. And so no sound, no sound, no compassion, no courage. Maybe no comprehension. Maybe they don't even understand what's coming. I think that's where a lot of them is tonight, don't you? Amen. I'm talking about the warning. I'm talking about the warning. I'm talking about the danger of no sound at all. Amen. And then I see another thing here that could possibly happen. The danger of no select, distinct sound. 1 Corinthians 14 and 8, the Apostle Paul said, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? There's a lot of, lot of trumpets being blown today, but they don't have no, no certain sound. Amen. That's uh, all a general thing. They, it, it's all just something, and and it's just uh, it's nothing distinct about it. Amen. Do you know how important it is for uh, for? Did you know how important it is for a trumpet to make a distinct sound? Amen. I'm gonna try this. It may flop, but I'm gonna try it. Listen to this. Turn me up a little bit, bro. The sound of revelry told the men to crawl out from under their blankets.
blankets and prepare for the day. That's a distinct Revolution sound. Was followed by assembly, signaling them to form ranks for the first of three roll calls held throughout the day. Distinct sound. Assignments for guard duty followed the 9 a.m. call of guard mount. You get enough to know what I'm talking about. Distinct sound. Amen. Uh, well, there's a lot of trumpet blowing that ain't a distinct sound. Can you imagine what it'd be like to be in uh, the army, to be uh, where that's played, and, and, the, and the bugle blower not give no distinct sound? You wouldn't know whether to go to sleep or to get up. You wouldn't know where to assemble or to go to bed. Amen. I preached a lot of funerals and uh, of uh, veterans, and they'll come out there and they'll always uh, play taps at the end. Amen. That's a distinct sound. Everybody that hears that knows what that means. Uh, can you imagine if they come out there and played uh, something other than taps, and they played some of them other things? Why nobody'd know what was going on. Amen. And what I'm saying here is the Apostle Paul said. He said, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for battle? Amen. Uh, uh, there's a sound for getting up. There's a sound for gathering the troops. Uh, uh, there's all kinds of sounds. It's all through that Old Testament. Amen. Uh, and we're living a day when that nobody wants to blow the trumpet to stink. Uh, uh, nobody wants to say this is God's word. This King James Bible is God's word. Uh, uh, they don't want to sound that distinct sound. Uh, uh, they want to say that they want to play something like the NIV uh, and the New King James and the American Standard. Uh, and you don't know what to believe. Amen. Uh, uh, it's so confusing. You don't know uh, uh, what's going on. Going on, Amen. Uh, the Bible said the devil is the author of confusion. Uh, how important it is to give it a distinct sound uh, concerning salvation. Amen. Uh, uh, that Bible is plain. Uh, that Bible says, Repent of your sins. Uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Uh, that's plain. Amen. Uh, uh, the preacher that said he spoke with great plainness, uh, when the man come running to him and said, What must I do to be saved? Uh, he said, Believe uh, on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Uh, uh, but we got people that are blowing that trumpet uh, and they're making all these different sounds. Uh, uh, they're blowing work salvation. Uh, uh, that ain't a 
sound. That's a confusing sound. Uh, uh, they're, they're blowing water regeneration. That's a confusing sound. Uh, uh, you got these Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and all these others that are blowing uh, the trumpet, but it's not a distinct sound. Uh, I want you to know this morning that it is important that that one blowing the trumpet, uh, that he blows out a distinct sound. Amen. Uh, it's not heaven, purgatory, and hell. Uh, uh, that's an uncertain sound. Uh, it's hell and it's heaven. Amen. Uh, it's not Jesus and Mohammed and Buddha and Confucius. Uh, uh, that's an uncertain sound. Uh, it's Jesus Christ, the way, the only way. Amen. Uh, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not by gender. It's not uh, male or female or whatever else you want to be. Uh, it's not a he or a she or a it. Uh, it's that's uncertain sound. Uh, it's a male and a female. Amen. Uh, it's a boy and a girl. Amen. Uh, they're blowing all these uncertain sounds tonight. Amen. Well, they got them so confused they don't even know what bathroom to go in. I've known that since I was three year old. I knew the boys went in the boys' bathroom. The girls went in the girls' bathroom and anything else went to the woods. Amen. See what's going on? There's all this there's all this trumpet blowing that ain't making no distinct sound. Uh, and our whole country is as confused as a termite in a yo-yo tonight. Amen. Uh, I want you to know tonight that there's a danger of not blowing a distinct sound of that trumpet. Amen. That goes for you talking to folks or witness folks too. So I'm afraid they'll hurt your feelings. That was covered under the last point. No courage. And then there's a danger. Look at verse 33, verse 7. Look at them words there. Look at the words there at the end. Them last few words there. And warn them from me. You see, there's a divine, divineness in this warning. It ain't just some preacher. It ain't just some preacher yelling and screaming. No, sir. It's not just somebody that ain't got nothing else to do on a Saturday except go around and knock on people's doors. You see, the Bible said that when these watchmen, when they give a warning out, they're warning people for Him. Remember that the next time God sends you a warning through preaching. God sends you a warning through uh, somebody witnessing to you. Just stop for a minute and say, wait a minute, this ain't them. This is God trying to warn me. They're, they're warning me for Him. This is really Him trying to warn me. And so, there's a danger of no sovereign in the sound. Somehow or another, we've figured out how to have church without God. Amen. Somehow or another, they figured out how to sing, how to preach, and how to pray, and how to do it all without God. This Laodicean church age, it's pictured in the end of Revelation 3. The Bible said Jesus was on the outside knocking, wanting in. Boy, I don't want to ever pastor a church where the Lord ain't allowed in. Amen. I tell you, I don't even like that term, senior pastor. 
That come along a few years ago, and boy, everybody started calling herself the senior pastor, the senior pastor. Somebody come up to me one day, and they said, Brother Rick, how long you been there at Bethel? And I said, about 35 years. They said, are you the senior pastor? I said, no. I, they said, I thought you said you was the pastor. I said, I am, but I'm not the senior pastor. There's one over me. I'm what they call an under-shepherd. I, I, the Lord, he's the one in charge. He's the one that gives the orders, amen. It's his church, not mine. I don't own anything here. This is God's church. I, I, when I die, it'll go right on because it's God's church. It's not my church. I, I, my name's not on any title deed. It don't belong to me, people. People say, well, that's Brother Rick's church. No, it ain't Brother Rick's church. It's the Lord's church. And you'll see that one day when the Lord takes Brother Rick home, that it'll still keep going on. Amen. And if it don't go on, it may have been Brother Rick's church. God's work keeps going. Amen. People say, Lord, what will the church do if something happens to you? I say, well, they'll get another preacher and probably better probably do better but there's the warning and then there's this last thing look at verse 8 when I say unto the wicked O wicked man thou shalt surely die there's the watchman there's the warning and there's that person that is warned thou say unto the wicked O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. This last point is the reason for the first two. The reason God has a watchman, the reason God sends a warning is so that somebody can get warned. I'm glad I got warned one day. Aren't you? Amen. Now God sends a watchman, God sends a warning, and God does it so that those that are warned are without excuse. The Bible says, look at verse 5, He heard the sound of the trumpet. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. He heard it, but he didn't do nothing about it. Be without excuse. I don't believe anybody, anybody from anywhere will die and stand before God with excuse. I believe Romans 1 makes it pretty plain that we'll be without excuse. Amen. God will get the message to somebody. He may not judge them on the information I have tonight because they may not have that much, but He'll judge them on the information He's revealed to them. Amen. So they'll be without excuse. People, you know, they say, well... Uh, I'm not going back to that church. I didn't like Brother Rick's preaching. Well, that's all right. I understand it. I don't like it myself, but it's the only way I know how to do it. Amen. They say, I'm not going back to church. I, I don't like that loud preaching. Well, that loud music don't bother you. The loud ball game don't bother you. The loud movie don't bother you. The loud rock concert don't bother you. The loud singing don't bother you. I don't think it's that loud yelling that really bothers you. I think it's what we're yelling. Warned without excuse. He heard it. Going to be without excuse. Man, think about that. God gave his son. Let him be beaten. Spit upon. Mocked. Whipped. Nailed an old rugged cross. 
Paul said he didn't do it in a corner somewhere. He done it before the whole world, so to speak. The whole world knows about it. He done all of that. Can you imagine refusing God's Son, not walking the aisle, not accepting Christ, not believing on the Lord Jesus, not being born again? Can you imagine standing before a God that gave His only begotten perfect Son and God gave Him and standing before Him and God say, what do you got to say for yourself? Can you imagine standing before God when you've heard 500 sermons? Right behind you is that fellow from Africa, maybe heard one. Can you imagine standing before God when you've been in, you've been in 50 revival services and camp meetings over the years? And you heard the warning in every one of them? You say, well, I didn't like the trumpeter. Well, most of you have heard enough, enough different preachers that they ought to have been one there somewhere. And it's not about the preacher anyway. It's about what he says, what he preaches. Amen. Now I scream and yell and holler. It's just my way. I'm like Jack Hiles. Jack Hiles said when I was a young preacher, he said I'd read two or three verses and scream and yell and holler. And he said now I'm an old preacher and I read two or three verses and scream and yell and holler. Amen. And uh, so that's about the way it is. But I've heard some mighty good preachers that preach real quiet. But they good, they good, they still God's preachers, they're not like me. I've heard some preachers, I, I, I've heard some of them that just read the thing off, but they was God's preachers and God used them and God blessed them, amen. Uh, so listen, God's got all different kinds and you know why He's got all different kinds? Uh, you think they'd have me up the big church uptown? Probably not but once. But you know what? God's got somebody for them. Amen. I'm not supposed to be uptown. I'm supposed to be here. God's got somebody for different classes of people. I'm glad God's that way. Amen. He loves you enough. He tries to reach you where you're at. Where you're at. I like educated preaching when they're saved. I like preachers that have been to college and got degrees and know things. I like to hear them preach. I, if they hadn't got to the point where they think they're smarter than God, I love to hear them. I, I, but God has got all different kinds and you've heard all different kinds. I, I would hate to stand before God lost having lived in America all my life. And heard trumpets on the radio. Heard trumpets driving down the road. Heard trumpets down at the church. Heard trumpets at the house. And done just like he did here. He heard not the sound of the trumpet. Well, the warned are going to be without excuse. The warned are going to be without a way to escape. Look at verse 4. His blood shall be upon his own head. It's not going to be your fault because they didn't get saved if you blowed the trumpet. It's not going to be your, your fault if they die lost and go to hell if you blowed the trumpet. The Bible said here that His blood will be upon His own head. He was warned to escape and He didn't do it. He wouldn't do it. Now let me give you this tonight. The watchman the good watchman upon the wall that blowed the trumpet the best he could, that made the best distinct sound that he could possibly make. Look what it says about him. It says, but at verse 9, 
It said, Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou, the one that bowed the trumpet, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Amen. The watchman is exonerated. He's not to blame for it. It's not his fault. Preacher Cody Zorn, the other night he, he has church on Thursday night. I think it's on Thursday night. And he had church and he started home after church and, and uh, run up on a wreck there in the road. And said he got out and it was bad, bad wreck. Had to get Jaws of Life to get in there and cut him out. And he was trying to reach in there and help the lady to the police got there and trying to do what he could to the ambulance got there. And the ambulance workers came and they cut her out and got the other pastor out. And Brother Cody said after it kind of all got headed in the right direction, he got back in his car and he said he started... He started on home, Jack. And he said he started on home and said he felt something warm on his hand. And he said he turned the light on and looked and that woman's blood was all over his hands. And he said the Lord spoke to him. The Lord spoke to him and said, wonder how much other blood's on our hands. wonder how much other blood's on our hands. Oh, I could take, I could take to 8 o'clock telling you about tales. And I'm not proud of it at all, but I can tell you about tales where God put it on my heart to go see somebody and warn somebody and I didn't go. I was going to go the next day. I was going to go at another time that didn't work out. They died before I went. I remember one old fellow worked out there at the plant where we worked. He was an older fellow, worked in the plant there. And uh, he was pretty rough and around the break room and stuff. But uh, one day, I talked to him a time or two, but one day I heard he was in the hospital and I thought I'm going to go see him, try to talk to him about the Lord, witness to him about the Lord. And, uh, and of course, uh, uh, you put off stuff like that. And I kept saying, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. And finally, end of the week, I was going to go see that old fella. And I picked up the paper that day, and there's picture was in it. He had died earlier in the week. Yeah, his blood's on my hand. No doubt about it, I'll stand before the Lord. His blood's on my hand. I can tell you about a couple other times like that that happened. That's why that Bible said God puts somebody on your heart, especially, especially, especially. God puts somebody on your heart. My wife woke me up one time about 2 o'clock in the morning. She said, I, I can't sleep. She said, I got somebody on my mind. I got a burden for somebody on my heart. She said, I got to go see them right now. I said, Right now? I said, It's two o'clock in the morning. They live two counties over. She said, I got to go right now. We got up and got our clothes on, drove two counties over, got there about three o'clock in the morning or so, a little after three. And she knocked on the door, finally roused them, finally came to the door. And she told him, the Lord has had me awake all night. You on my heart. And uh, you need to get right with the God. Well, they didn't get right with God. But you know what? She'll never stand, she'll never stand before the Lord with them people's blood on her hands. She's been exonerated because she warned them. Amen. Well, sermons like this are just try to 
stir us all up that we need to be better witnesses and we need to warn people. Folks, we got to be getting down close to the end. The sand's got to be almost out of the hourglass. We've got to be a little more bolder and a little more braver in these last days and try to pull some out of the fire. Amen. Father, thank You tonight for the message that I needed to hear.